to have faith has it with us for those of you that are sitting over here in this section if you're okay there that's fine but i don't want to block anybody from faith sharing so if you want to move over to the center there's plenty of seats over there but we're glad you're all here tonight honey come on up here faith i don't know how long mark and laurel how long have you been attending this church how long? 20 years. 20 years? Wow, that is a long time. How old are you? 18. So doing the math quickly, <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. That really blesses me. What do you have to say about faith before we introduce her? Which mic? Here, right, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you can have that one. Praise the Lord. We'll give this one to faith, whatever. I'm just thankful that uh, God brought Mark and Laurel to our church because they've been a tr really a great blessing and faithful all these years. And we've watched their children grow up. I remember a friend who used to say, you know, the Hassets, they're the ones with the three Ethiopian children. <laughs> One time they went to eat somewhere and I, I think he said, well, they, our friends are here, I think, but you'll, did, they have like three little Ethiopian looking children because they were all teeny tiny. Uh, featured at, when they were little, weren't they? And they were just, they were so cute. Uh, but, you know, they were real tiny. And uh, just, so we've watched them grow and become all that God wanted them to be. They were, they were small, but they were mighty inside because they were taught faith in their home. And uh, faith, her name just is who she is. Uh, she is a woman of faith. And the things that I've watched her do over the years, just, um, you know, it just thrills you when you see young people who have a hold of the truth and they can make their way. I mean, she has wonderful parents, but she's been able to make her way to do what she felt God called her to do as a young person. And I'm talking believing in thousands of dollars so far in her life. I don't know what the total is, but I know it's probably well over $25,000 that she's believed in as a young person and so you know god uses that kind of faith you know he said i've not seen such great faith when he saw the centurion with the servant who was ill i've not seen such great faith there is something to trusting god beyond everything else that you see think or feel and i believe that's why she's where she is today i've been to south africa and uh you don't just go there uh and do what she's doing uh, just because you have to have faith. You have to be able to see what God sees and not what your eyes see to accomplish your purpose. So, uh, Faith Hassett is a woman of God on a mission for God. Let's give her a warm yeah, welcome. Come on up here, Faith. Come on up here, where, Faith. Where do you want her? You want her in the middle? Pardon? Where do you want her? We're going to put Faith right here. Okay. We're going to put you right in the center, and we are going to grill you. And uh, We've actually never done this before, so we'll experiment with Faith. We'll see how it goes. If it goes well, it was my idea. If it doesn't, my wife's idea. So, but we are glad that she said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for faith. We thank you for her family. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we all have to give our lives to you and to serve you and to be what you've called us to be. And Lord, we just thank you that as we share this evening, 
that it will impart faith to people listening in this service by the CD up on the internet, that Lord, no matter where it is that you call us, whether it's Lafayette, Indiana, West Lafayette, Indiana, Tippecanoe County, or all the way over to the African continent, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish for you if we follow the leading of your spirit, that where you lead, you provide, and that everything that we have need of is ahead of us as we pursue what you've put in us. And we thank you for that. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Say it. The Word of God. The Word of God. Is truth. Is truth. If I live the Word. If I live the Word. I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And if I don't. If I don't. I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. So yes. tell your neighbors you're seated. It is just that simple. Just that simple. I don't want to block faith out. So, oh, some of you did move. Some of you can see all right. If you can't, <laughs> raise your hand and I'll move back a little bit further. But faith, it's good to see you. Do you have your microphone? Is it working? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'd like you to <laughs> recite the book of Genesis as we start, and then we'll go from there. How's that? All right. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're, we're excited, and uh, we, we talked about a few things and uh, questions that we would ask you, and I'm, I'm really impressed after going on the Internet and looking at uh, Impact Africa and what all they're doing over there, and we're going to have you share some of that. But, honey, these are all Roberts University graduates uh, with Ron Luce, Teen Mania, in the very beginning, and uh, so it's really impressive. So uh, we're, we're going to scroll just a couple of scriptures up here, but God has said a lot to us in the Word of God about widows and about orphans. And uh, if you want to scroll those scriptures, if you have them up there, uh, James one twenty seven, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is to visit the widows and the orphans in their time of trouble. And if we've ever had trouble in the world, it is today all over the world where widows and orphans are living. And Faith is going to share some of that. And you can just go ahead and scroll those scriptures up there. But Pam, it, it's, it's says an awful lot about what we as a church are called to do to touch people's lives and faith is doing that right now so faith why don't you start by sharing whatever's on your heart and then pam will ask you some questions i'll ask you some questions if we feel you get bogged down we'll bounce right in there or if we ask you some bad questions just say that's a bad question and then you answer whatever you want to answer okay. how's that so you want to you want to go ahead and start and share okay just whatever's on your heart Real close with the microphone, though. <laughs> okay, I'm really bad when I'm put on the spot. Go, go, bring it real quick. Okay. Um, I don't know, what, like, just about impact? Or you, what? you share whatever you want to share. Okay. Tell us, well, I, I, okay, we'll start right now. All you right. want to ask the first question or you want me to? Um, I'll ask the first question. Go ahead. Uh, what made you know that you were called to missions? Um, well... Growing up, that's just always what God has put in my heart. Um, when I was a little kid, I just, that's what, when people are like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, I was like, I want to be a missionary. Um, after it was Barbie, like, that was my, like, three-year-old obsession. And I was like, I want to be a Barbie when I grow up. But then after that, <laughs> um, it was a missionary. And I don't even, I don't even remember learning, like, what a missionary is. Or I don't, that's just what has always been on my heart. Um, and so then 
when I was 13, I went on my first mission trip because I was the um, age that you were allowed to go. I actually emailed them the year before and asked them if I could go because I was turning 13 on the trip, um, but they didn't reply. So I waited till the next year, um, and I went with Teen Mania um, on that trip, and that was to Mexico. And it, it actually surprising, like most people go on a mission trip and they come back and it's like changed their whole life and they'll never be the same. But it really wasn't like that for me the first time. I was just like, oh, that's so cool and fun. So I'm gonna go next year. You know, it was just kind of like summer camp or something. Um, so then the next year, um, I was looking through their little catalog of missions they have and whatever, and I decided to go to Australia. I don't really know why. I don't remember what was going through my mind, but um, I decided to go to Australia. And that trip is the one that totally changed my life and just convinced me that um, Christians as a people aren't supposed to be just people who are just in a relationship with God and just, just knowing him by themselves, but that it's we're called to bring others into that relationship and to actively pursue and that the whole gospel is just about the fact that Jesus came after us and that we as imitating him are to go after others um so that's when it all clicked for me that even though I like had that in my mind from such a young age that was when it like it really became something that I knew I wanted to do for the rest of my life and then where did you went a couple more times I went to Mexico then that was the second time okay but yeah and then you, didn't you go on another trip with Teen Mania, mm. or was that your last one before? No, I just went on three, yeah. Okay. You know, uh, what about funds, raising funds? Yeah, that's never been, like, a struggle for me to uh, fundraise. I don't know. I just always was like, yeah, that's going to be, that's God's going to handle it. So I, I've added it up before, but I don't, it's something like, well, with this internship and the past internship, that's twenty five thousand plus the Australia trip's another five. So it's probably thirty five thousand to forty thousand over the past five years. Uh, I remember when she wrote her first letter, and I think you were like maybe fourteen, thirteen. I don't know. Uh, and it was on my desk, and it was like an adult had written the letter. I mean, we were we were from Victory in Tulsa, and we had missions. We had kids going on mission trips all the time, and for her just to start out and write a letter like that—that's the handiwork of God. You know, that's where God just gets a hold of your heart and puts a desire. And uh, so I, I've—that's I, what I've admired—is going on a mission trip is one thing, but raising funds by faith. In the world that we live in, when you don't have a job and you're not out there working 40 hours a week, see, most people are always saying, I'll do that when I get the money. Mm. But it's the opposite. Right. You reach out and get the money, and then you do what God wants you to do. So, Faith, uh, what, what caused you, or what, what, how did God use uh, uh, what you read somewhere or whatever regarding Impact Africa? It obviously captured your heart, and you began to move toward it, and God began to speak things to you. And then once you got there, met the people, and became involved with the vision, then it really solidified. So tell us about impact and what, what has happened with you and with that organization, that ministry. Okay. Um, I knew about impact through the Australia trip that I actually took, which is incredibly because it, I knew like at the time that it changed my life, but I didn't know that like a few years later I'd be like moving to Africa because I met someone on that trip. So it's just even continuing to like change my life in crazy ways. So um, one of the leaders on the trip, she actually did the internship that I was a part of the year after I went with her. So I was like following her on Facebook and just seeing all the things that she was doing. 
and I kept it in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, that might be cool to do someday or whatever. Um, and then I had planned to go to the Teen Mania internship. Um, and when that all fell through, then I had this like life plan that I made to go to Teen Mania after I graduated that like isn't there anymore. And now I don't have a life plan. And I was like, well, this is cool. Um, so that's when I was like, well, maybe I could just go to Africa now. Um, and honestly, I don't know why I chose that over anything else. I didn't, like, most of the people that come to the internship have been on a trip before, and they've seen how they work, they've seen, like, what the intern life is like, and that's why they want to come, but I honest, I didn't even know what I was going to do there. I was People would be like, oh, what are you doing in Africa? And I was like, well, I'll let you know when I get there, <laughs> because I don't know. I really didn't going into it, so um, I just knew I had peace about it, and I was like, I want to get into missions. I don't know where to start, and this looks good, so... And, and their commitment is to train you. Last year it was for a whole year. Mm-hmm. This year it's what going to be like? for six months initially, and then in like April May we'll reevaluate to see if I'll stay for the rest of the year. And what will you do? What did you do this past year? Tell us some of the highlights. All right. Um, as interns, um, we work in the ministry throughout their different. Um, their different departments of ministry. So I have pictures. I don't. The first picture is a picture of all the staff um, in Impact Africa. That's all the African staff, the American staff, and the interns. Um, this is just at the end of the year this year. Um, so you can see most of the staff are Africans um, because Impact Africa is really big on like empowering the nationals um, because that's who we're there, we're there to reach. Um, so a lot of the ministry happens through finding, we'll go out and do discipleship, um, meet people, evangelize, people will get saved, um, and they immediately like want to start sharing their faith, and so we'll take them with us as translators. And so they're not the ones actually come on, coming up with things to say. They're just translating what we're saying. But as they do, they learn more about the gospel, and they learn how to share the gospel. Um, uh, so I think there's probably 30 African staff, and there's like 10, 10 11 um, American staff. So that's all the staff. And the next picture is all the interns that I was with this year. It's kind of small. But that's the intern group that I was able to live now, with. Where are these pictures taken? Where, what are we looking at? What area? Yeah, that is at a retreat center. We had a like a team building type. Um, this was at the very beginning. So this was at a retreat center that we went to um, to do that. So those are all the interns I work with. So as interns, um, one day a week we're in the office. Um, we have what we call alignment meeting to just everyone um, get all our hearts and minds on the right, same track for the week um, as we're all like scattered around doing ministry. Um, and then the next two days are department days where we work in a department of Impact Africa that we've been assigned. And then the other two days are evangelism. So I'll just explain the departments. So the first one, that there's a picture, the next picture. Um, the first, I'm trying to remember which one I put first. You can go ahead and scroll. Okay, Impact Kids. <laughs> so cute. Okay, so Impact Kids um, is, they have three preschools. They have about 250 children at those schools um, that they come for from like 7 to noon, or some of them stay like until 5 if their parents are working. Um, and so they're able to feed them breakfast and lunch and give them an education. Um, 
And I actually learned this for the first time this year that um, even though there's a lot of kids who don't aren't able to go through all of school or they drop out, um, the reason that Impact has preschools is because if a child goes to preschool, they're 60% more likely to um, actually graduate. So even though we're not able to have like a full primary school and high school right now, um, we're actually increasing the children's chances of graduating anyway. So I think that's really cool. So this is one of the graduates this year, and he is just so cute. Okay, so um, th the next uh, department that they have is Impact Mission Adventures. So Impact is able to host teams from the states. Um, there's a team that comes from China, and they just come on short-term trips anywhere from like a week to a month long. It's just like a basic mission trip, and they come, and we go out into the squatter camps with them, and they're able to share their faith maybe for the first time. And um, that's really a cool way to reach Americans at the same time that we're reaching Africans. Um, the next one is Impact Baby Rescue, which I'll be working with this year. So there's a statistic that says in Johannesburg, where I live, um, three babies are abandoned every single day. Um, the moms are hurt and confused. Maybe they don't know how to raise a baby. Maybe their ba boyfriend abandoned them, or they have no support from their family, and they don't know what to do. They can't take care of a baby, and so they um, throw the baby in a trash can or in an alley, and they leave it there because they don't know what to do. And most of the time, the babies are found afterwards, after they've already passed away. Um, so Impact started a baby rescue center. So we have counseling, we have pre crisis pregnancy counseling, and then we are a safe place that moms can leave their babies if they have no other options, they have no choice, they have to do something with the baby, they can leave it with us, um, and we're able to get it to a safe place for it to be adopted then by a family. So we go into the clinics. This is a clinic that we go into often. Um, and we just let people know because a lot of it is just people don't know that we're there. Um, so we hand out flyers and we um, do a presentation and then we just go out and talk to the moms, pray for them and answer any questions that they may have. Um, the next one, I think, is Impact Student Ministries. This one is really cool. Um, in South Africa, they have a class called Life Orientation. And... Pretty much anything can fall under that. Um, and the school systems and the squatter camps aren't very organized. They're kind of a mess. And sometimes the teachers just won't show up or they're not really consistent. Um, but they allow us to come in and teach a class every week, um, a life orientation class, and they let us te teach whatever we want. So they're able to go in, um, to the same classrooms uh, for six to eight weeks and teach about alcohol and drugs and um, problems that these kids face all the time. Um, and then we ha always have a gospel week where they're able to just preach the gospel and tell them that, like, listen, Jesus is the answer for you um, and all these problems. And so that's really cool that they're able to do that. I think are they the students here these are high school students um so high school in south africa runs from seventh grade to 12th grade so yeah i think is that all of them do you do you have any pictures coming up of the squatter camps uh where you yeah where there's you there's one of deep zoo i don't know what number it is uh just there we go. Uh, yeah. if yeah just uh share a little bit about well, first of all, what it means, squatters camps, and what you experience there, and what type of impact is being made there. Yeah, um, the squatter camps, I'm pretty sure they originated um, in Johannesburg, at least. There's a lot of gold, and so people would come to the city to get a job, to find the gold or whatever, and it was just a, it's a huge um, influx of people coming so they just put up a shack really quick in those areas um, and they've really become 
just enormous. There's one, we don't work in it, but it's um, called Soweto, and it's larger. The, po- the majority of the population of Johannesburg lives in Soweto, so it's actually a bigger population than the rest of the city itself. So it's huge. This community is deep suit that I think um, we've been working in for years and years and years um, as impact. Could you give us an idea of how many people would be in that type of an area? Yeah, this one, Deep Slough, it's a two-mile radius, um, and there are over 200,000 people living in that area. Say that again. 200,000 people. So what is what is the the goal? I mean, you know, the goal would seem overwhelming, I'm sure. But right. what what exactly is being done over there to help them and 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 to bring the gospel to them? Right. Um, all the things that I just mentioned. We all um, the baby rescue centers there in Deep Slough. Um, this the high school ministry goes into high schools in Deep Slough and um, a few other communities. Um, so we're there doing the high school, reaching the young children through the preschools and the older kids through the high schools. And then, um, like I said, two days out of the week, the interns just go out into those communities. And we just walk around. We meet new people. And the people there are really open. Like, here, you don't like just walk through a neighborhood and walk to someone's house and just be like, hi, I'm a foreigner. And I was just wondering if I could visit with you and learn about your life and maybe talk about Jesus and pray. And like, the, no, that would not go down here. But you do that. You just walk through. Everyone's like doing their own thing. And you walk up. You're like, hey, I'm from America. And they're like, oh, my gosh, come. Let me sit. Let me talk to you. Um, and they don't mind talking. with. They're really a spiritual people. And so they don't mind if you say, we're, just, we're here to talk about Jesus and read the Bible and pray for you and just go in and you just get to know them and like ask them what's your name do you have any kids where are you from like a lot of people aren't actually from South Africa so um, get to know them and just share the gospel with them so we do that two days a week and then when all the teams come then there's just for two months straight just people going in and and talking to them and um, because they're such transitional communities, um, people don't stay there. If you say, like, where do you stay? They'll say, stay in Deep Soup. But if you ask them, where do, I, where do you live? They might say Zimbabwe. Because they don't have the, the mentality that they live in South Africa. They're just there to get a job and to provide for their families. Um, so the people will come and they'll leave. So it's not a really, it's not a, like, the people don't stay for long. So you're able to work in a community like Deep Soup pretty much forever. But you're reaching, we're able to reach even more nations than just South Africa because um, there's people from South Africa and Lesotho and Zimbabwe and Swaziland and all these different places and um, raising them up to be disciples of Christ um, as they even go back to their own countries. So, Praise God. Now, for the next segment of your internship program, you're going to be involved with, is it a new program or is it an expansion of an existing program called Impact Baby Rescue? Uh, can you share uh, as much as you can about that? I know some of it you may not be able to share because it's a new program, but share what you can. Yeah. Um, Impact Bay Rescue has been going, I think, since January 2013, so it's relatively new. Um, but it's been cool to see the way that it's grown over the years. And... Um, yeah, so this is um, actually one of the babies. We have a baby safe at the center. So um, 
a lot of moms, like, they might come to us and talk to us and then decide um, not that they can't keep their child and leave it with us. But a lot of times they're ashamed. Um, they don't want anyone to know that they're struggling, even if even if it is a stranger. Um, so we have a, a baby safe. So it just looks like a mailbox, kind of. Um, and it just opens on, there's a, it opens on both sides. So someone can walk up from the street and they open it, they put their child in, and they close the door. Um, and it has a... A, like what is that? I don't know. It's like it's like weight. It senses weight. So when the child is put on there, there's cameras. Yeah, a, a text gets sent out. Alarm goes off. There's always someone there, so we can go in and take the child. Um, so this is actually a baby that came in um, at the beginning of November, I believe, um, through the safe. Um, she was just born hours before. Um, she's still covered in ev- all the birth stuff and everything, and so. Um, it was just I was able to um, see her in person. Normally, um, the interns aren't very involved with it, just for like safety reasons and precaution. They just try to keep it as as few people um, as possible. But we were there in deep suit at the time, so I was able to go see her, and um, that was that was a crazy experience. Just like. Because you know, like, God saves lives, and you, like, even hear about this, like, if I were to, like, send a picture to you guys, and like, oh, God. But just to, like, see her laying there, and she's just a newborn. She's been born that morning. And just, like, knowing that her life has been saved today, is like, that was a crazy experience. Um, and now she's in a baby home waiting to be adopted, so that was cool. There's another picture of a baby. Um, this baby um, was actually found in, next to a trash can um, wrapped in a plastic bag. Um, and they found him um, while he was still alive, which almost never happens. Um, and he was brought to our center, and we were able to take him to the hospital and make sure he was fine, um, just love on him. And he's also now in uh, a baby home waiting to be adopted. So those are two um, stories that just happened in October and November. Um, so that's that's the ultimate goal of of baby rescues, things like that, babies that would be abandoned or left um, not to be, and then preventing that in the first place. Just like letting moms know that there's someone there, that we have counseling, we have help. If you need a social worker, we can tell you where to find one. If you know, we have a list of resources for you just to be there for the moms. So a lot of times people um, would say like. There was even an article that a South African mom was like, this mom is just so evil. She's so evil for dumping this baby. And um, people don't understand that they don't, like, they don't hate their babies. They wouldn't dump it because they hate their babies, and they're not evil. They just have nowhere to turn, and they're just as desperate and hurt um, and need just as much care as even these babies do. So um, it's also a ministry to the moms of South Africa. Will you be there all through the day now? Is this where you'll actually, rather than going out into the daycares and or the you know the preschool those kind of things this is where you'll be um i'll be working um i'll be doing the awareness in the clinics and the hospital so i'll go in and do a presentation about what we do i'll hand out flyers and talk to the moms um but the main thing that i'm wanting to do this year um is to be able to learn as much as i can um about all the processes, all the, everything that they that goes into running the baby rescue center. Um, what happens when a case comes? When you get a baby, like what's the first thing you do? What's all the paperwork that has to happen? How do you work with social workers? What kind of meetings do you have to do? Like all this, all that kind of knowledge. That's what I want to be able to learn. Um, just because this is an area that I want to be involved in in missions. So um, I won't be like staying at the center. Um, I would like to get as involved as they'll let me in cases, and I'm not sure just how far that will be but we'll see but yeah (laughs)
Do you, do you know, uh, is this a new program, Impact Baby Rescue, or has it been going on for some time? Um, since 2013. Okay, because that, that it's unfortunately around the world, that's a common mm -hmm. thing happening yeah. now. Babies just being dropped and left. Mm -hmm. uh, how do people become involved? It, uh, you'll be part of the ministry, but how can people outside the ministry become involved in that outreach? Do you know yet, or is that something you may be able to find out? Yeah. As far as people here? Well, financially, I'm sure it must be extremely expensive to bring the babies in, take care of them, nurture them and everything. Is that something that you know anything about at the present time, or is that what your next stage of the program will show you? Yeah, I don't I don't know much. I, I'd probably learn more of that as I go this okay. year, yeah. Th th that would be very rewarding. I think about Pastor Stanley and walking by a, a, a dump, a lady in his church, and they heard a... a, a a sound, and they went over, and there's a baby laying in the dump, and they now the baby's four years old. It's not a baby, along four years old, and named it Blessing because they were able to find it. So, what a rewarding experience! Now you don't actually have an orphanage, though. No, no. you actually get them into a home, right? Yeah. Adopted, um, like right. The yeah. the places that we work with um, are baby homes, and they're similar to orphanages in that they take in orphans. But usually, a baby home, they only um, they have young children, like infants, up to maybe two or three years old, and their goal is to adopt them out. It's not to provide a permanent home. Um, so that's yeah, that's where we typically are able to place the babies. Are there a lot of people who do adopt? Uh, babies in South Africa? Um, the one that we work with most of the time, they adopt to South Africa and I think Europe are the okay. main places that they get adopted from, yeah. Okay. Have you heard this expression, Faith, that uh, in, in Africa, that first the red clay of Africa in your shoes and then the red clay of Africa in your heart? Have you heard that expression? No. <laughs> so in your heart, are you called to Africa? Are you called to impact Africa, just the children, or do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I do know I love Africa. <laughs> I don't think you can go to Africa without loving Africa. But, um, yeah, I'm just staying open. I don't, I'm not sure. I could see myself staying in Africa, but I could see myself going somewhere else. So, so yeah, when, I'm just seeking when, God as I take the next step. <laughs> when you go to Africa from America, you miss your family, mm -hmm. you miss your friends and everybody. But then after a while, you're settled in over there, and yeah. that's home. So then when you came back home, is it the same in reverse? Is it like, I'm glad to be with my family, I'm glad to be home, but I miss where I just came from? Yeah, for sure. So you're ready to be back? Yes, I am. Very <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can feel that. <laughs> God makes your heart your home. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a house. It's yeah. it's not people. It's it's what God's put in your heart. Yeah. Uh, now, you also went to where did you go? You left and went on one trip to where uh, a family that we knew in Tulsa, the wife actually uh, runs this this area, and it's for children also, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And women. 
Yeah, we went to Lesotho, um, which is a country that's actually surrounded by South Africa. So it's kind of like an island country within another country. So that was kind of cool to go there. And it's actually like a third of the size of Indiana. So it's very, very tiny. Um, yeah, so we went, they, they have a, um, a human trafficking ministry where they um, uh, work with human, human trafficking victims and try to prevent that. And they also have an orphanage um, there. They have a setup that they have like house moms. And um, I think they had like 10 or 12 little children there at the time. It's just like a small house um, in school for the kids there. So yeah, was I was so excited because we know Jennifer and Jennifer's been here and spoken before and Jennifer Crow. And so when I saw you on Facebook saying, we're going here, I'm thinking, I just saw Jennifer put uh, something on Facebook about being there. Yeah. So I was really excited that she got to be there to see She was Small excited World. too. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't, Bill and Pam McClure said to tell you, and she was like, oh, I know you. And she got all excited. <laughs> yeah, and you don't think, you know, our world is very small uh, now. And so uh, even though it's a long, that is a long flight. How many hours? 18. Yeah. And she stays on the plane the whole time. <laughs> we get off in Europe oh, yeah. for a couple hours and have a McDonald's of some sort, and then get back on and go the other 12. But, uh, yeah, it's a little longer the way we do it, but 18 hours in a plane, that's a, a, yeah. a long time. But uh, anyway, I just thought it was interesting that God provided that little bit, you know, of um, just to let us know that he's watching, he's watching over faith. He has her steps ordered. And that there are people all around there. So so tell the people, how have you personally been emotionally and spiritually impacted by what you've done? Um, being there, I am a really introverted person, and I don't like talking in front of people, and I don't like meeting new people, and I, I just like my own comfortable bubble of people that I know, and um, so obviously this internship was just complete opposite of that every day, so um, that was a growing experience, um, and one thing that God really had to put on my heart was just that it's not my strength that I'm doing any of this it's all him because we um for the first like two weeks it's all training all like evangelism training and I'm getting to the ministry and everything and as a part of that um uh the intern director Jacob would like teach us about the culture teach us ministry tools all that stuff and then he would be like okay let's do like a mock uh like evangelism, Chess and Jolie would be like, you two are Africans and then you two are missionaries. Um, and I was just like, well, be an African. And then he was like, you're going to be a missionary. And so like, even though it's, it's just like the other interns, but I was like, I don't even know how to do this. And so we were like sitting there and there's like the other interns across from me pretending to be Africans. And I was just like, I don't know what to say. Like everything just left my mind. Like I have, there's nothing in my brain right now. And I'm just like sitting there and the other girl is just like, are you going to say something? And Jacob's like, you could say this. And I was just like, like I just frozen. And I was like, I suck at this. Like, I, how am I going to be a missionary? Like, this is horrible. Um, yeah, that was a bad date. But then, um, <laughs> so <laughs> God had to just really work with me. And, um, there's a verse in Corinthians, um, and it's Paul talking about his ministry. And like, Paul is so famous in the Bible. Just he wrote all these books, and he's like everyone. I feel like I mean, in my mind, he's like like the holy, holy person in the Bible and whatever. And he's the one saying like I'm the worst of sinners. And um, he says, I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. And my message and preaching were not with wise words. Um, 
and persuasive, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, so just use that, and it's like, Paul was in the same situation, where he was, like, trembling and fearful, and he didn't know how to talk well, and the reason that it was powerful was because it was God's Spirit in him, and not him. And so, um, just to really realize that, and it was a cool moment um, during team season, we had one of the teams over, and we were teaching them about um, evangelism, and we did the same thing. We're like, oh, we'll just show you like a mock one. And it was like the same people being the Africans and the missionaries and the missionary. And we just like bounced back and forth. And we did the whole thing and it was good. And I was like, it's really rare to see your growth in that like stark contrast. And that was a really cool thing for me just to see that, um, how that realization like changed the way that I had confidence in God rather than in myself. Because if it was up to me, I'd probably still be that way. Definitely. Do you get homesick? Sometimes. This, it's not very much. And that sounds really bad. Like, I do miss my family, and I no, do no. love them a lot. No, I just, I <laughs> ask that because I think people think that. Well, you know, I might get homesick, and I might, what, what happens if that happens? Because it's a real thing. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, not as much as I would have expected. Um, it's just, I know that's, like, where I'm supposed to be. And, yeah, it just... It really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Thank God for FaceTime. Yeah. That, and computers. Okay. Yes. Because Mission Field didn't used to be quite that exciting. Right. Because <laughs> you didn't see somebody for a whole year, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, with today's technology, I think that helps, too. Yeah. But what I, I was thinking was that, you know, when your heart gets so wrapped up in what God's asking you to do, you you love all those people but for that it's like you're it's kind of like you've gone on a mission a, a space trip you know you're you're gone for that period of time and you still love everybody and miss them but it's a different kind of missing because you're so your whole heart is going this other direction i think i wanted like my family to be with me more than i wanted to be like over here with my family <laughs> Faith, uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, m- many people, even sitting here today, you, uh, well, we'll take a show of hands. How many of you have ever had something come through your mind to do, uh, but it was so beyond you financially that you just had a tendency to let it go, but yet you know what you thought? Can I see your hands? In other words, well, I, I don't have that kind of money or whatever. Okay. When you started uh, going on, how old were you when you went on your first mission trip? I was 13. Yeah, 13, and the first mission trip cost how much? Um, I think it was like 1,500-ish. Yeah, my guess like was that. you didn't have that in your purse. No. Uh, so, <laughs> and and, uh, and then they got more expensive and more expensive as time went on. Yes. My dad's <laughs> lifting his head up and down to, <laughs> over there. But but uh, did you ever really think about the money? Or and I'm not trying to lead you, but did you ever think about the money, or was it just like, no, I'm just following what I feel in my heart? Well, what 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 was it like? Because when you went with Impact Africa, that was much more expensive. Yeah. What what was your process going through then? Um, I um. I like to set goals, and I like to reach goals, and I like lists, and I like to check off lists a lot. So um, for me, because I think growing up in a Christian household, it wasn't ever like a question about whether God would provide the money. And honestly... No, wait. Say that again. <laughs> it wasn't a question ever about whether God would provide the money. Why wasn't it? That's just the way that I have always been raised and believed, and that's what the Bible says. I think so. this is really important. Say that again. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was never a co wait, what, what part? <laughs> I think it was all pretty good, but let's say right into that camera. What part? All of it. Oh, it was never a question about whether um, God would provide because he said he would. That's awesome. <laughs> I think we ought to give the Lord a hand. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I, I, I mean, I felt that in my spirit, that money was never of concern to you. Yeah. That if God's telling me to do it, then why would I be thinking about the finances? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I'm feeling from you. What would you say to the people out there and maybe watching who would say, well, yeah, but mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Um... <laughs> I would say it's the same thing as what I was talking about with, like, even ministering to people. Like, if you think that you're going to do it in your own strength, you're going to fail. And if you think, like, because I don't have the skills or the money or whatever, you're going to fail because you probably don't. And um, when you leave it to God, like, he has infinite power to do whatever he wants. So... Yeah, as long as you're depending on yourself, it's not going to happen. But you have to put yourself out there. You have to ask God. Like, I don't think if I had told God, like, hey, I want to I wanna go to Africa and I want to go to this internship, but I'm going to wait to sign up until I have $15,000 in my pocket, whether I'm asking God to give it to me or not, he's probably going to say, there's this thing that the founder always says, and he says, what would you have to do anyways? So, like, if, if you knew you were going to get the money to go to Africa, what would you have to do anyways? Well, I'd have to fill out the application and sign up, and I'd have to get my visa, and I'd have to get my passport. And so all these things, like, what would you have to do anyways? And that's, like, demonstrating your faith and showing God, I, I believe that you're going to come through on this. These have been tremendous nuggets you shared. They really have been. Uh, as long as you're depending upon yourself... It's not going to happen. That, that is really, really powerful. Honey, we need to uh, wind this down because we want to. Are we taking up an offering? Yes. Did you two talk about, did you and your mom talk? Yeah. Okay, are we okay to do it? Um, no? No. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to improvise. Uh, um, a, a it's good news. It really is. Uh, we, we were going to take up an offering tonight for Faith's internship program that she's going back to, to because at one time you still needed a couple thousand dollars. As of tonight, when she came in, she has all the money that she needs. I think we need a Lord, give the Lord a hand. I know mom and dad and other people have been working hard too, but I, God's hand moves when we're working hard doing what it's called us to do. So uh, we, we give the Lord all the praise for that. And then we were thinking about, or we were going to take up another offering for the next session that begins in August, that faith, you explain to them how it works, because you have to yeah. be invited, et cetera. So just explain how the next session works. Okay. Um, in the past, this internship has been um, going for five years. So in the past, um, it's just been a year program. But um, this past year, they have changed it so that it's a six-year pro or a six-year six-month program with the possibility to stay, um, just to have more options for people who have like maybe college commitments or different things. So um, basically, you're committed to stay for the first six months, and then in April or May, you evaluate 
say, if you want to stay, what Impact thinks, um, what kind of role that you'd be able to have, and different things. Um, and at that point, they will invite you back or say, like, we think that it's the best thing for you to go home or whatever. Um, so that's when I'll um, officially say whether or not I'm staying for um, the rest of the year. And that's when I'll fundraise for the rest of the so year. So how long are you there for now? When you leave, you leave the 20th, or when do you leave? Yes. 20th. Yeah, a week from today. And then when do you, uh, when is that six months over? On August 5th. August 5th, okay. So I guess technically we need to say if. If they invite Faith back for the next session, and if Faith agrees to go back for the next session, then you'll need another $4,500 approximately. Um, actually, um, the way they do the finances, they send me a report um, once a month. And so I had a report from November, but I didn't know for the entire month of December like how much money I had in it. Um, so I thought that I needed... Um, another like $1,000 to finish off the six months, but I didn't know because if someone had given online, I wouldn't know how much they gave or whatever. Um, so I had like a certain amount at home. I was like, I'll just put in the money that I know I need to put in there. Um, and then I got the email today and he's like, congratulations, you're fully funded, you're paid off. Um, I didn't expect that at all. So I actually have um, 2000 extra. So um, if I were to stay, I would only need to raise 2500 yeah, let's give the Lord. There will always be abundance for every good work. Okay, so we're not going to take up an offering for faith because they've asked us not to do so. We can't take up an offering because she's not ministry credentialed, so you can't get a tax refund, I mean a, a tax deductible receipt. But nobody can stop you from giving faith anything you want to give her. So faith will be here, and we can do whatever we want to do as we conclude. Just don't call it an offering. <laughs> Pardon? We're just blessing her. If we want to bless yeah. her, we can. Yeah. So Amen. what? I mean, well, I mean, we can't take an off. We can't actually receive an offering. Correct. But we can all bless her. If yeah. We want. Th yeah. That's what I mean. We stand you in the that? corner with yeah. a bucket or something. And, <laughs> but anyway. But anyway. We won't put you, it in a bucket. We we'll are. We are actually. Else. We are going to put faith at the door, though, and, yeah. and all of you love on on her as as we leave. But uh, anyway, that's what we're improvising. Our original plan was to take up an offering, <laughs> but she has so much money flowing in that she doesn't need any. <laughs> Who was it in the old covenant? Was it uh, somebody said stop? I've had David. Enough. David said we don't need any. David. More. Yeah, yeah David. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting to stand up here like David and say. <laughs> The day, the day is coming. Let's yeah. all stand. Faith, I'm going to have you pray for everyone. Because, and, and honey, why don't you just share whatever's on your heart, and then I'll share. Well, I just want her to pray. I think that's good. Okay. I, because I believe that there are many people here. It doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, how many of you would like to be 18 again? Just for the heck of it. But 18 again. But then to have... A heart like faith has and to have your head screwed on right and your spirit alive and leading you uh, that would be awesome but it's never too late to do the right thing and it doesn't matter what age you are God has a plan for the rest of your life and all that really matters is that you make the best of the rest you can't change your past you can't even change what happened today but you can move out tomorrow.
to what God has for you. And Faith, I'd like for you to pray for people. How many of you have a dream that's still in your heart? You, you know it's there. You know it's there. Whether it's a dream, whether it's a vision, whatever it is, you just know what you would do if you could. Well, you can with God. And Faith said a couple of things that are very profound. But, but one of them was at the very end when she said, as long as you're dependent upon yourself, you probably won't. But if you're dependent upon a higher power, you will always succeed when you're following the will of God. So we're going to pray for faith in just a moment. But right now, Faith, why don't you pray for all of the people that are out here that have things ahead of them just like you have things ahead of you. God, I just, I pray for this congregation, these people standing here, and I just, I ask um, the dreams that you put in their heart, the passions and the callings, um, whatever it is, if it's being a mom and a good mom to their kids, or to reach out to their coworkers, or to start an organization, or just to be who you've called them to be where they are, God, I just pray that you would um, just stir that up in their hearts, that they would, um, you would call it to remembrance, the thing that you put in their heart, Um, and if they don't know, God, you'd show them, um, you'd give them the courage to do what they need to do um, to accomplish that for you and know that they don't have to rely on their own strength and they don't have to come up with the words they don't have to come up with the money they don't have to come up with anything that they just have to put themselves fully in your care and do exactly what you tell them to do even if it's hard and even if it's scary Um, and that they would just they would fully rely on you and um, as they love you and as they serve you that they would just fall more in love with you and that they would serve you more and that they would just see more of you and bring your kingdom to fruition here and wherever you've called them, God, that they would raise up and be the people that you've called them to be um, and make the impact that you've called them to make wherever they are, even if they're just being a mom, just being a teacher, just being a coworker. Thank you, Jesus. Now stretch your hands out toward faith and honey, why don't you pray and then I'll pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the life that you have planned for faith. We thank you that every step that she takes, it says that where we put our foot, we take dominion. I thank you that as she goes back, that you're going to give her dominion in places where uh, it may look like in the natural, she has no authority at all, but because she is a servant of the Most High God, because she's been called by him for such an hour as this, for those people, for the children, especially for the new babies that have a life and a future. We don't even know what the calling may be on their life. We thank you that you give her incredible authority in her spirit she will know that when she speaks and she speaks your word that the authority of God is with that word and it will accomplish what it's sent to do we thank you Lord that every place she puts her foot she will take ownership for you in that place and become a steward of everything that you've given her we thank you for peace in her heart we thank you for all of her financial needs that are met and even those that she doesn't know about that you will provide totally for what she needs and that she will have money left over for the things that you show her as she goes and as she's about your your business where she sees needs and she'll have the ability to do things that you have put that in her hand for her to be able to say yes when you say do this and we thank you for safety protection we claim psalm 91 over her life every day that she's 
wherever she is. And we thank you, Father, for safe travels. We thank you for people to be on time, planes to be on time, and, and for all the divine encounters, Lord, that the people you've arranged for to be in her path for her, to help her, and for her to help, that will all go according to your plan and your will. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the humility and faith. We thank you that you've told us in your word that you exalt the humble, that your eyes search to and fro for those that you can exalt, that you can move forward to accomplish your plan and your purpose. We thank you for this yielded vessel. We thank you for the anointing upon her life. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you have ahead for her to accomplish for your glory. We thank you, Lord, that faith hears from your spirit, and we thank you, Lord, that you continue to lead and guide her. And in addition, we pray for Mark and we pray for Laurel. We thank you for the seed that they have planted in their daughter and in their family. We thank you, Lord, for the world changers that they are raising up and that many others are raising up in their families and we thank you lord we thank you for this vessel yielded for your purpose for your plan in jesus name and everybody said faith why don't you go to the front door and let everybody